just a teaser for the fourth segment. <laughs> There's not one square inch on planet Earth it, yes. that Jesus Christ does not point to and say, mine. Amen. All mine. There's not one marriage Amen. or family or town or city that Christ did not bleed to merit as his own. Jesus points to all of us right now, <laughs> our children, our homes, and he says, mine. As Catholic Christians, we need to set our face like flint against the world and feel the fire in our face and be not afraid for our God is a mighty king. Terry, what a way to start a show. Hey, Jesse, what a way to start the show. And you know what, Jess? That fourth segment, we're going to hit that hard again. But today's topic, Jess, I'm, I'm, first of all, I'm blessed to be able to have a microphone in, my, in front of my mouth yes. where I can proclaim Jesus Christ. And uh, in season and out. So I thank Jesus for that. We're going to be talking about an article uh, by Victor Davis Hanson. I've listened to so much of his, read so many books, especially his history of World War II is fascinating. But he's called The Remaking of America. And uh, wow, every aspect of American life and culture is under assault. Absolutely. That's we, why we, we won't get through all of it, but no. people should get it on the on vmpr.org right. yeah. or my website. It's 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 worth reading it the whole thing. We'll it get is. through at least half of it. It is. And just the uh what you always call the need to know file. I've got some great news. Fantastic news. Planned Parenthood is warning its supporters that Texas Medicare lawsuit could put them out of business because they're facing up to one point eight billion dollars in fines from the state of Texas. And here's really what it comes down to, Jesse. This abortion provider of killing unborn babies has defrauded the state Medicare program of $10 million that it must repay in addition to all the fees for doing that. And so I'm really excited. You know, Texas is one of the 14 states in which, with which abortion is now broadly illegal thanks to the U.S. Supreme Court overturning Roe versus Wade last year. Between that and the defunding, defunding in states like Texas, the abortion giant has suffered setbacks, but it's, you know, it's far from over. But the point of it is, this is good news. Also, one more bit of good news, Jess. I mentioned it the other day, but now I have uh, statistics here. Uh, Target sales dropped for the first time in six years among going revolt against the LGBT pond pandering. So here's the point. We are making a difference by fighting back and saying, you want to promote the culture of death? We're not going to support you. You want to promote the culture of immorality? We're not going to support you. We've got to continue in that direction. Jess, what about your file? couple of good news items. Bishop Barron decries dumbing down of the Catholic faith. Oh, God bless him. Yeah, this week at the events, uh, Bishop Barron this week said events like World Youth Day counteract the dumbing down of, of Catholicism. God bless him which he said has been going on for too long. Barron said his own generation of clerics got a dumbed-down Catholicism in seminary that has been a pastoral disaster. Uh, the, that fact is reflected in every survey showing more people suff, uh, disaffiliating yes. from <clears throat> the Catholic faith. Good for Bishop Barron, Terry. Hey, Jesse, uh, can you realize when we had him in L.A. as an auxiliary bishop, he, he was like a mouse. I could never hear anything out of him. He was just going along with... Whatever the archbishop He's firing cannonballs now, Terry. Because he's now an ordinary of a diocese. He now has the responsibility, not as an auxiliary bishop is like a monsignor. I'm sorry. They don't have power. (laughs) A glorified monsignor. Yeah, they don't have the power. But an ordinary, like like, uh, Bishop Joseph Strickland, he runs the diocese. Now Bishop Barron runs his diocese, 
He's speaking like a lion, and I appreciate yeah. that. I do, too. Uh, Target continues to collapse. This is good news. <laughs> yeah. Target sales have continued to plummet amid a, m- a months-long boycott that started with the retail giant's decision to carry a pride line of LGBTQ-themed clothing, including for children. Serial investor and Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary has has remarked that Target's collapsing numbers are unprecedented. I love it. And noted the boycott's success in punishing the company. Jesse, that was six years. Uh, I mean, for the first time in six years, they started going down in sales. And everything else is so expensive now, it's even worse. We made a, a big impression on Target to say, don't go along with the LGBT program. Yes, another good news item. Uh, uh, there's a poll that says Americans want to protect kids from smut. A recent poll showed that 83% of Americans favor a national age verification law Good. to stop online pornography companies from exposing children to smut. John Schwepp, who is the policy director at the American Principles Project, noted that age verification laws are the most broadly popular culture war policy the conservative organization has ever seen. Good for them. Praise Good for God. us. Also, this is another big one. Another good, another victory. Federal court ends mail order abortion pill. Awesome. This is huge, Terry. Yep. The United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit issued a ruling Wednesday placing several restrictions on the abortion drug my miffy pristone but allowing it to remain authorized by the fda in addition to ending mail orders of miffy pristone which are abortion pills the court placed several other restrictions on the abortion causing drug some pretty good news items there awesome we're making progress just let's and this is what this topic today is going to be all about when we come back from the break but let's get some soul food in our souls because we're going to need it for this culture that we're fighting, fighting with. We need Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 yep. and following. Got it. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was, was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in, in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did in, did in homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Move with compassion. The master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he had paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the tor- torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly father do to you unless each one of you forgives his brother from his own heart. When Jesus finished these words, he left Galilee and went to the district of Judea across the Jordan, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
a second and first grader could understand today's gospel. It doesn't require for you to go to any commentaries or look up the Greek. What it means is if you don't forgive people before your particular judgment, before you breathe your last, before your heart stops, if you have hatred and bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in your heart, when you die, guess what? Our Lord Jesus Christ at your particular judgment will not forgive you. And where will you end up at? You'll end up separated from God for all eternity in a place called hell. So work on your interior life and start forgiving people today. What you just did to us, Jesse, is you loved us with the truth of the gospel. You didn't lower the bar to say, don't worry, God understands. He's merciful. Do anything you want to do. You'll get to heaven. No, that's not loving someone. That's evil, in my opinion. Compromising the truth is evil. So, thanks, Jess. All right. Let me just mention something sure. interesting. Father Chad Ripperger, a friend of the show, sure. he says that the greatest impediment uh, to driving out a demon from a person who's possessed in, in 16 years of being an exorcist, yeah. he says the greatest impediment is unforgiveness. Uh, he says when the possessed person, the energumen, is, is, uh, has no forgiveness, it is impossible, Terry, impossible for the demon to be driven out. Makes sense. And, well, Beryl said, let's bring in the smartest guy into the room. Bishop Sheen, full Sheen ahead. This kind of ties into what you just said, Jess, about repression, too. If there were, this is what Bishop Sheen said 70 years ago, and it's more, more prominent now. If there were ever any nonsense in the world, Jess, it is the notion that repression is always wrong. You see, the world says, yeah, don't be repressed. Hey, no, do whatever you want. It assumes that nothing should ever be repressed. This is to forget that if you repress evil, good comes up. If you repress good, evil comes up. If you repress the idea that you're going to rob a bank, honesty asserts itself. If a soldier represses the temptation that he ought to sleep while he's on guard, duty assesses itself, asserts itself. Here it is. The problem is not whether there will be repression or not. It is rather what will be repressed, goodness or evil. Man, Jess, the guy's spot on today. That's what we're dealing with right now. That's exactly it, Terry. Unbelievable. You know, Jesse, I got to tell people, Bishop Sheen, we're having a day with Bishop Sheen, the 14th of October here at the chapel. And we're going to take his works, his writings on Our Lady, his philosophical writings, with uses St. Thomas Aquinas, his evangelization stories. Well, Terry, he had, a, he had a PhD in Thomistic philosophy. Yeah, from Louvain. I mean, yeah. and he graduated the highest, you know, this guy's a, a saint, okay? We're going to well, talk about him. Of course he is, yeah. yeah. And, and, and all, we want to, all we want is for the Catholic Church yep. to recognize That's him right. as such, but we already know that yep. he's a saint. Everybody knows that. There's no doubt. <laughs> we, just want, we just want official <laughs> recognition. If for you want to register for the event, go to vmpr.org. Go to our website, <laughs> virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Also, we've got the Bishop Strickland defending the faith conference there. You can register. Hey, when we come back, hey, Jesse talked about the kingship of Christ. Yeah, we're going to talk about what we have to do because there's a remaking of America. Every aspect of American life is under assault. What's the answer? Jesus Christ, kingship of Christ. Stay with us, family. Hit it, Jesse. This is an interesting article. Go ahead, brother. Well worth reading the article. Oh, absolutely. It's called The Remaking of America by smart guy Victor yeah, Davis Hansen. Yeah. 
Uh, go to vmpr.org or jesseromero.com and click on the link, and you can read the entire article. He talks about 10 upheavals yep. that the left has successfully wrought in America in, in the last couple of decades. Here, We're not going to get through all 10, but here's the first one. First upheaval from the left, free expression. In large swatches of American society, particularly the corporation, the media, the government, the public schools, and the university, it is suddenly dangerous to speak freely. At a DEI workshop, that's diversity, equity, and inclusion. <laughs> yeah, really. Which is basically liberalism 101. Politely object that whiteness does not account for all the challenges of marginalized peoples. And you will become either ostracized, reprimanded, or perhaps fired. Suggest to a class that man-made climate change and the state's remedies for it are still under debate. And your career and livelihood are endangered. Wow. In 2020, uh, state that COVID lockdowns would, would be more event, would, could do more eventual damage than the virus, and your career would be over. Express doubt that there are more than two biological sexes, and if an athlete or high school principal, uh, you will be shunned or rendered professionally inert. <laughs> the government in league with the social media censors the news. Yep. Liberal universities often first require McCarthy-era type diversity statements for, for one to be hired. Commissars review syllabi to put to spot incorrect or improper speech or insufficient DEI zeal, diversity, equity, and inclusion. That's what the left is going to try to do to change the country, force that upon us. The left now seeks to modify the First Amendment and its empowerment of hate speech defined as most anything impeding the progressive project the state and the university's property issue word list of approved vocabularies <laughs> the old aclu or senate or senate church committee would now probably be deemed right wing amazing the methodologies of joseph mccarthy and j edgar hoover are the preferred models once they were rebooted to the right cause what's wow. the second point number two the weaponization of justice oh boy we see that right now. Administrations and their effort to stock the Justice Department with supporters come and go. But in the last decade, the left has viewed the Department of Justice as a political extension of the party whose unchecked power, that's a key point, unchecked power must be properly be directed to hurt enemies and help friends. No wonder Eric Holder described himself as Obama's wingman. We have remember that. And became the first attorney general to be held in contempt for ignoring a congressional subpoena. Never in the U.S. history has the Department of Justice and sympathetic state and local prosecutors indicated a leading opposition candidate and likely nominee of one of the two major parties. And at the beginning of the presidential campaign, here it comes, Donald Trump is currently charged with nearly 100 felonies by at least two prosecutors. He likely eventually will be hit with more than 500 indictments from four prosecutors, every one of the later with a long record of either left-wing association or democratic service. I just want to mention, if he wasn't running to become the next president, 
I bet you none of these things would have happened to him. He would have just said, okay, I'm going to go live my quiet life. That's my take. Now, That's right. the mass murderer Charles Manson faced le- less legal exposure. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no one believes Trump would have been indicted on such accounts, most of them involving allegations from this past year. Oh, yeah, here it says it. Were it not for him running for the president. Mm. One count that Donald Trump is not charged with is bribery or taking money while in office. Yeah. In fact, he lost money while in office. Well, he didn't even take a salary. Let's be honest. There you go. Okay. Now, a crime cited as impeachable in the Constitution and germane to the accusations that Joe Biden and his family raked in millions from foreign governments due to the improper use of his prior vice presidency. Hmm. For what reason did Joe Biden lie that he never discussed his son's business? Why did Hunter complain to his daughter that Joe demanded half of his own gifting income? Grif- grifting. Grif- oh, sorry, grifting income. Why would a vice president serially call distributable American Grifters, Grifters, yeah. And foreign corrupt uh, oligarchs. oligarchs. Can Joe's lifestyle ever be reconciled with his reported income? No way. Mm. Now, I'll finish this. In a given such uh, asymmetry in the application of the laws, conservative or even a political, Americans are apprehensive that any political prominence will draw the attention of the government in effort to either indict or bankrupt them with legal expenses. Jesse, Mm. he points out the last four FBI directors, this is scandalous, folks, admitted to lying twice under oath. (laughs) I mean, is this microphone on? How come they're not in prison? Exactly. I'm saying they admitted it. The FBI hired social media corporations to suppress the election cycle. News deemed unhelpful to the left. See, are you kidding me? The agency, along with Democratic operatives, helped hatch the Election cycle, conspiracy of the 2015-16 Russian collusion hoax. And, yeah, we found out that was just a joke. Yeah, it all came out. But at the time, everybody thought it was true. Mm. And the 2020 Russian disinformation laptop hoax, the FBI played a central role in many of the 2024 indictments. In other words, yeah, really, the FBI, along with the DOJ, has sought to warp Three presidential elections in a row. Last point, Jess, I'll turn it over. On the, on the prompt of Joe Biden's campaign official, now Secretary of State and former interim CIA director, 50, I said 50, former intelligence officials lied to the electorate that the authentic but indiscriminating Biden computer was likely a Russian plant, a fact known to be a lie, but not disclosed as such by the FBI. Jesse, this is unbelievable. Continue. Yeah, this is, uh, again, that that section is called the weaponization of of justice. Yeah. The next one is the attack on the Supreme Court, writes Victor Hansen. Mm -hmm. Once the court achieved a more or less predictable conservative majority, the left sought to diminish it it in a variety of ways. It has called for packing the court with leftist jurists, to create a new 15-justice bench. Oh, my God. Leftist law professors in the Ivy League in neo-Confederate nullification and insurrectionary style call for the nation to ignore court rulings on abortion and affirmative action. The Senate minority leader led a throng to the doors of the court 
threatening justices by name. It was Chuck Schumer. He says, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. <laughs> you won't know what hit you if you go forward with these awful oh decisions. God. Yeah, he was threatening the Supreme Court justice. He was. Protesters now mob the homes of individual justices, hoping to intimidate them and alter their upcoming opinions, confident that the Department of Justice will exempt them from any legal consequences of such felonious behavior. The media routinely accuses conservative justices of improper or illegal behavior without worry about the emptiness of the charges. A traditionalist justice now accepts that a controversial ruling can result in media charges that he's corrupt in shrieking protesters mobbing his home, in a mob assembling at the doors of the court, in disruptions during court hearings, in politicians issuing threats to his person, in congressional calls to alter the century and a half makeup of the court, and in Ivy League law professors urging the country to ignore majority decisions. In sum, a conservative jurist must be careful where and when he goes out in public. It's incredible that this is happening in our country. Now, number three, the media. This is four. Four. Number four, the media discriminate uh, democratic. democratic fusion. Okay, if one and check this out, if one were to listen during the last few years to NBC, ABC, CBS, NPR, PBS, MSNBC, or CNN, I read the New York Times, the Washington Post, Chicago Tribune, or here in LA, the LA Times, then one would have believed the following. And this is unbelievable. One, they would have believed that Donald Trump worked with the Russians to throw and win the 2000 election. Are you <laughs> kidding me? As part of that skull drudgery. Duggery. A duggery, excuse me. Fruckering amid prostitutes, he urinated, what? On the Moscow hotel bed in spite Barack Obama. He was mentally incap- in, 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 uh, incapacitated. incapacitated as a president and should have been removed under the 25th Amendment. Now, in 2020, his campaign once more worked with the Russians to create an exact replica of Hunter Biden's laptop, repeat with dozens of of lurid fake photos. This was all being sold to us. Hundreds of cleverly doctored emails to smear the Biden family and aid his own re-election. Donald Trump, as chief conspirer, uh, pre-planned, conspirator, yep, conspirator. pre-planned a violent and armed insurrection that's what <laughs> that sought to storm and permanently occupy permanently, yeah, right, occupy the government, violently hijacking the balloting and seizing the presidency, resulting in the murder of a Capitol police officer and the subsequent deaths of other traumatized. Officers. In, me, in other words, what Victor Hansen is saying is yeah, that tell the lie this is what now. you hear. But yeah. All these lies are what we but, heard from the alphabet media uh, for years. That's and, what he's and, saying. These things aren't true. They're all lies. Yeah, but Jesse, this is what the liberal media has done always. They always tell the lie often enough, and then people begin to believe. F- finish up this, Jess, for the last eight years. Yeah. That's what they do. Uh, here's another thing the, the, the alphabet media has been saying about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. For the last eight years, none of Trump's political opponents have ever destroyed subpoenaed evidence, conspired to hire foreign nationals to compile false and lurid files on him to subvert his political campaigns or use their political offices to help solicit foreign money or family for family lobbyists. Also, Trump is the first major candidate and politician who allegedly overvalued his real estate assets to obtain a loan that he repaid 
the first to have concluded non-disclosure dis- agreements with potential embarrassing liaisons, the first ex-president to remove sensitive files to his personal residence, and the first to phone a state official to whine about the integrity of the vote count. Uh, they all, the, the left also says he's the first losing presidential candidate or major politician to question an election result or to seek redress through the gov- through government agencies to rectify the purported corruption of the ballot. Can I just jump in one thing, Jess, yep. and you keep going on this. But do you remember when Hillary Clinton lost? What did she do? She questioned She's, the authenticity. She still complained to this day. Exactly. Last week she was complaining that it was stolen. Exactly. So it's been like, been like seven years, just, and she's still saying the election yeah, was stolen by yeah, Donald Trump. And nothing yeah. happened to her on that. Okay. Oh, not at all. Continue. Uh, in sum, for the first time in American history... Hang on, Jess. This is going to be a quick break. we got the yeah. music coming. Yeah. We're going to talk more about this article by Victor Henson. Uh, you got to hear... you got to read the whole thing, The Remaking of America, on our website or Jess's website. Also, I want to remind everybody to come... To Bishop Joseph Strickland's conference, the attending of our faith conference in Tyler, Texas, go to our website, dmpr.org, sign up for it on September 1st and 2nd. We'll be back with more after a quick break. We're back, Jess. Remaking of America. Uh, Victor Davis Hanson, and what an incredible mind this man has in writing out history. So you're right in the middle for... We're he talking. wrote history in two pages, Terry. Yeah, he did. But, you know, if anybody ever wants to go World War II history, he's got some great books on that I, and videos on YouTube. So good man. Let's get into this. For the last eight years, Jesse, let's talk about that. Yeah, he's uh, giving us 10 points of yeah. the, way the, the way the left has destroyed right. America the last couple of decades. Now he's talking about destruction of the common law. Yeah. We just finished about the way the left has used the media. Right. Now common law. By defunding the police in major cities and by showering left-wing district attorney candidates with millions of dollars in campaign funding, the left systematically eroded the law as we know it in our major cities. As a result, downtowns after dark, no-go zones, as once great metropolises, resemble veritable combat theaters. Yep. Cities are becoming depopulated as consumers and businesses no longer find it safe to conduct commerce. Criminals and homeless now routinely break the law with impunity. Public violence, defecation, urination, fornication, and injection do not even rate as misdemeanors in public. Let me jump in, Jesse, and say that I witness it being in Covina, California. I go to the market, and I see the homeless guys going in filling up their baskets and walking out and the alarm goes off and I watch the response. You know what the response is? Nothing. They go out in the drive, go out into the uh, parking lot and they don't have to run because they know nothing's going to happen. And they call that shrinkage. And let me just give a statistic, Jesse, over the years. The last couple years, shrinkage used to be one and a half percent of what they sell. It's jumped to three percent now, Jesse. Continue, please. Terry, there's videos all over California yeah. and all the big department stores. Oh, yeah. You have young anarchists, young yes. thieves with masks yeah. that go in. They'll That's go right. in like 20 or 30 young men at a time, and they'll just come out with probably $50,000, $100,000 worth of merchandise. They just walk out with carts, and nobody does anything to them. I don't know how any business could sustain themselves yeah. for much yeah. longer. Look, at, look what's going on in San Francisco. They're closing. They say, we uh, can't do business. It's becoming a ghost town. I was there a month yep. ago, yep. and there's uh, there's all the big uh, the big plazas, the That's big. Right. Uh, there, a lot of the stores, half of them are closed, yep. completely closed. 
Yeah, so the left has redefined violent crime to such an extent that shoplifting is no longer actionable. Flash mobs, yeah, that's what I see on YouTube all the time. In California, mainly. And mainly in California. Yeah, flash mobs that take over streets and swarm to loot stores are rarely, if ever, prosecuted. Security officers who who apprehend thieves or intervene to stop violence are more likely to be prosecuted than criminals themselves. (laughs) That's true. There's no longer any immigration law. It's been utterly destroyed by Joe Biden. Seven million illegal immigrants fled into the U.S. and, along with the Mexican government, make demands on their hosts to accommodate their illegality. Yes. Yeah, and, our go- and our government is doing it, putting them on hotels. Yes, yeah, give, me, give me that reading that you said years ago about there are uh, laws in heaven for, um, for um, people who can get there. Um, what's that? You just... Yeah, uh, yeah uh, in, in the book of Revelation, chapter this 21. Out. This is good. Uh, I mean, so how does it go again? Oh, I thought uh, you had it right at the tip of your tongue. No, it's, well, in heaven, our Lord Jesus Christ They're says stripped. that heaven... Ha- Heaven has gates. Yes. In other strict. words, heaven heaven has a strict immigration mm-hmm. policy. Hell has open borders. Exactly. That's what I yeah, want you to say. Continue, yeah, brother. Yeah. I love that. In some, in blue states and at, a, at the federal level, left-wing prosecutors and justices decide to enforce or ignore statutes, pile up or reduce indictments, increase or decrease punishments, not on what law, the law entails, or what evidence directs, but on the race, class, or ideology of the perpetrator, usually in connection with the particular status of his victims. If asymmetry in race, class, or ideology is suggested, then the law must modulate in redistributive fashion to contextualize the crime and criminal as a victim rather than a victimizer. The result is the veritable destruction of law and order as we once knew it. And, and just, in other words, if you're a minority, you're not a criminal. You're you, the, the system made you a criminal. Yeah. It's always it, it's always in today's country. It's always the white person's fault. Right. Oh, oh, the white person put his face in front of me, in front of my fist. The white person was was hitting my fist with his face. I wasn't hitting him. He was hitting my fist with his face. This is the way our law is today. It's that inverted. And, you know, Jesse, just in California, again, because I'm in California, we're giving people checks $1,000 a month for doing absolutely nothing except breathing. And and here's what St. Paul says. I'm sorry. He says, if you don't work, okay, uh, you don't get to eat unless you work. So... This is not my opinion. It's a very biblical teaching to have accountability for people. We just don't have it here. All right, the last thing I want to say, I know we have a few minutes here, but think about this, the erosion of the military in the, in the fall of Rome. That was the last straw, Jesse. When your military loses the ability to defend this country, you're mm. in trouble. So mm. uh, rarely has American people pulled so little confidence in the U.S. military. It perceives that the Pentagon's mission, largely one to greenlight social change through the um, rapidity Rapidity. of the chain of command, not necessarily to maintain deterrence, much less to win all of its wars. The left has ensured that our armed forces are undefunded. Underfunded. Underfunded. I'm sorry, underfunded. Short on munitions, we heard about that, and weapons, the military officers are used to promote progressive social agendas. <laughs> Officers expect to be promoted are stalled on the basis of their views on race and gender. Those who traditionally died 
at twice their number in the general population in combat in Iraq and Afghanistan are ostracized and in near record numbers leaving while their friends and relatives are no longer enlisting in the military. I just want to mention something. For the last two years, Jesse, every military branch has been way under their goal of recruitments. There's very few people wanting to join the Army now for a very good reason, unfortunately. Continue, Jess, about the former Pentagon. Former Pentagon Four star Stars mm-hmm. officers violated the Code of Uniform Military Justice in attacking a sitting president with the harshest invective, invoking comparisons to Hitler and Mussolini, again, predictably from a left-wing point of view. Yeah, they should have all been uh, fired and court-martialed. Yep. The public expects the Joint Chiefs to be uh, both appointed on ideological considerations and from time to time, even to freelance to contact enemy counterparts should they feel a conservative president is dangerous to world peace. That's exactly what they did under under Trump. Yeah. There's no longer any social stigma or legal jeopardy for retired officers in working as defense contractor lobbyists or board members after revolving from or soon back to the Pentagon. What about sexes? You hit it, Jess. The heterosexual male and female marriage and nuclear family are all to be suspect. Yeah. <laughs> there are three sexes or perhaps still more. English language pronouns are inadequate to reflect sexual, sexual diversity. So adherence to such ossified languages is career endangering. Exactly. An epidemic of childlessness, singlehood, and collapsing fertility rates are either of no national importance or illustrate the preferred non-nuclear family model. Powerful hormonal drug regimens and permanent radical sex change surgery should be the choices of minors alone who know best when they choose to transition to another sex. Graphic sex manuals and drag queen shows with simulated sex acts can per, per, can perhaps acculturate preteens to the dangers of growing up in an oppressive, normative, binary society. That means man and woman only. Sex but not race is constructed and thus a matter not of biology but of individual choice. I just want to say one thing. All these, all these social evils and social ills that Victor David Hansen is pointing out, has been given to us care of, drumroll please, the Democrat Party. Terry, and Jesse, ahead. and I'll just say this real quick. That's why you can't vote Democrat. They kill babies. They kill, they're, they're immoral. Look at their party platform and ask they wanna, yourself. They want to mutilate children? How can you vote for them? So I, I don't yeah. do this because I'm a Republican. or I'm, I'm a lover of Jesus Christ first. That's right. Amen. Okay? And you can't vote in a political party that's killing the unborn. Now, Jesse, just real quick, not race, not class, Ra- uh, racial inequality and lack of parties. Parity. Parity, excuse yeah. me, are due to whiteness, <laughs> racial quotas, segregation, dorms, graduations, workshops, and safe spaces. Yeah, are exempt from the civil rights statutes, given that they are necessary to achieve equ- equ- equity. equity. Interrogation and assimilation are the opiates of the masses. Apartheid and segregation are misunderstood modalities and thus, if enlightened, sometimes necessary corrective measures. Talk about reparations, Jess. Reparations are to supersede (laughs) ineffective affirmative action. Wokeness liberates us to see how race explains everything in America, past and present. At universities and in popular culture, proportional representation of various ethnicities and races is no longer sufficient remedy. Instead, 
Reparatory hiring and admissions are required to atone for prior generations of discrimination. It is taboo to suggest that cultural conditions, not just race, accounts for equality, inequality. Everything from meritocracy to promptness to physical fitness is racist in nature, requiring DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, experts to oppose, expose, and inform about the systematic nature of American racism. In other words, Terry, the merit system under the Democrats is gone. Right. It's not we're going to hire the best, the brightest. Right. Uh, no, we're going to hire people based on race. We need to meet racial quotas. We don't care if you're stupid as a box of Who rocks. Yeah. We don't care if, if you're a high school dropout. Yeah. If you fill, if you, if, if you, if you fill the right boxes in this application, we're going to hire you. I want to also cover debt in this because. I'll just say this, Jesse. Hit it, hit it. No, no, we're going we're gonna to get it on oh. the other end, and then you're going to okay. cover just okay. one oh, point. Yeah. I just want to yeah. make this point. Right now, America debt is at its highest level ever on credit card debt, okay? And so here's my take on it, Jesse. People just file bankruptcy once they have $50,000, $60,000 in credit card debt, and they go, hey, you know what? Because I don't own anything, many people say, what can they do except, you know, re- re- uh, let me get out of it. Now, they can't keep doing that, but if it's your first time, people know that, hey, who cares about my debt? Well, we do, and I think God does. We want to talk about how they're printing more money. To, this is going to undermine family. We're going to talk about just that. And then the ending is kingship of Christ here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family, because we end on a positive note, and that is with Jesus Christ. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. We're back. Two Catholics with PhDs in common sense who love the Lord, love Our Lady, faithful sons of the church, sharing Victor David Hansen's article. He talks about the 10 points that the left and the Democrats in this country, which is one and the same, what they've implemented, Terry, and they're destroying our country one brick at a time. Now you're going to talk about Economics. what they've done in terms of debt. Yep, go for it, Jess. Well, okay, so debt is a construct. Yes. Modern monetary theory proved that annual deficits and national debt are just a, a state accounting challenge. <laughs> so printing more money is an act that property diminishes the value of existing capital and property hoarded by parasitic profiteers spreading the ensuing cash wealth to the more deserving and victimized is long overdue social justice. Yep. At any time, the national debt can be deconstructed by renouncing usurious bond obligations, appropriating private retirement accounts or further inflating the currency. If governments are committed enough to social justice, this is what we call Terry. This is, Socialism 101. This is called redistribution of, of wealth. Amen. And, and Jesse, let's get, we can get this in, then we'll talk. Universities, yeah. hit it, man. You're quicker than me. Okay. Oh, universities. It, you know, it is now heresy that universities should be places of disinterested inquiry <laughs> and inductive investigation. They can properly instead become a valuable tool in ridding society of racists yep. and sexist forces, platitudes about free speech. And equality under the law and the tyranny of private property, capitalist profiteering, and white male heterosexual Christian oppression. I love it. 
So the role of a university is to create a brief safe space. And they're doing it. In which graduates can leave with proper training about the terrible history of the United States and the ways in which it must be dismantled and then be rebuilt by the properly trained experts from the ground up. Counter-revolutionaries or deluded liberals and their quaint adherence to a racist and archaic Bill of Rights have no place on these islands of progressive resistance. Uh, Victor David Hansen ends by saying about these 10 points, none of the above was true at the millennium, around the year 2000. All are now with more still to come. The last thing I'll say about schools is I've seen they've become seminaries for atheists. They've they've basically become uh, a think tank to make people liberal, woke progressives and they end up uh you see they end up a lot of them becoming anarchists they become part of black lives matter they become part of antifa they become part of occupy wall street dc change uh you know rose rose revenge look at these young people terry that are anarchists they are college age kids that have been utterly brainwashed in socialism at our Marxist universities. It's a fact. Just now let's talk about the solution, brother. We talked at the beginning of the show about the kingship of Christ. Well, th- this is my favorite topic. I agree. That's why I yeah. told you to do it. You know, so <laughs> when you look at the Lord Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, yes. there's only really three options. He's right. either the Lord God of human history and of the universe, right. or he's a liar, mm-hmm. or he's a lunatic. That's it. A, B, or C. Yep. Pick one. I will say that the uniqueness of Jesus Christ can be demonstrated in four areas. Fulton Sheen would argue, he would say, well, number one, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of God, God, the son, the second person of the Trinity, he was pre-announced. Nobody has ever been pre-announced. Everybody else is just born into the world without notice, without being foretold or predicted. Number two, no founder of any major religion is essential to that religion. For example, Buddha is not essential to Buddhist. Buddhists don't have a personal relationship with Buddha. Confucius is not essential to Confucianism. Abraham's not essential to Jews. Jews don't have a personal relationship with Abraham. Muhammad's not essential to Muslims. They don't have a personal relationship with Muhammad. But Jesus Christ is essential to Christianity. Why? Because no religion requires a personal, intimate relationship with their founder except Christianity. Catholic Christianity does. This is essential. Also, point number three Fulton Sheen makes. Of all the religious founders, only Jesus Christ performed miracles. Take that to the bank. Amen. Guess what? Performing miracles, it attests and it authenticates your message. And the fourth thing that Fulton Sheen would argue, he says that the founder of a religion cannot teach anything that is against human reason. For example, you can't, you can't teach that a man could have four wives and a girlfriend. That goes against human reason, and that's immoral. You can't teach that when you die, you're reincarnated. That is unreasonable. Yep. And so... so a founder of a religion, you know, Terry, they're wrong when they start teaching things that are immoral or they start teaching things that are contrary to human reason. Jesus Christ was the epitome of rational thought. But the uniqueness of Jesus Christ, it really started 20 centuries ago. Even his death, his death was contrary to the laws of death. 
The grave could not hold him. He lived in poverty. He possessed neither wealth nor social prestige. And guess what? When he was a baby, he startled King Herod to jealousy. And three foreign kings followed a star to come and worship him. Guess what? When he was a child, he puzzled the teachers of the law. As a man, he ruled the course of nature by walking on water as if it were cement and by ordering the sea to quiet and be still. Guess what? Jesus had no farm or fish market, yet he could spread a table for 5,000 and have bread to spare. Jesus Christ healed the multitudes without medicine. He made no charge for his service. Jesus Christ never wrote a book, and yet the average library could not hold all the books that have been written about him. Jesus Christ never wrote a song, and yet he has furnished the theme for more songs than all the songwriters combined. Jesus Christ never founded a college, but all the schools put together cannot boast of having as many students. Jesus Christ never marshaled an army, nor drafted a soldier, nor fired a gun, and yet no military leader has had more volunteers under his command than Christ the King. Jesus Christ never practiced psychiatry, and yet he has healed more broken hearts than any doctor anywhere at any time. And guess what? The only likeness of Jesus ever preserved was probably the Shirat of Turin, maybe Veronica's veil. Yeah. There's no recording of his voice. He left no writing. But guess what? When he died, few people mourned, but the sun knew who died. The sun eclipsed, and men, even soldiers, began trembling, not because of their sins, because they felt the earth shook under their feet, under the load of their sins. And many soldiers looked at him and fell on their knees and said, My Lord and my God. On that day when Christ died, the sky darkened and the earth quaked in adoration of the Son of God. That earthquake was adoration of the Son of God. And guess what? People walked away from the cross. Some believed, some confused, some still rejecting him. But guess what? Three days later, his, his body did not suffer corruption. And the soil that had been reddened with his blood, his precious blood, death could not lay claim to his body. And three days later, Terry, he rose from the dead. Jesus Christ is alive. And for the last 2,000 years, this has been our hope. The Lord Jesus Christ is alive and he's coming back. King Herod could not destroy him. The grave could not hold him. And guess what? Faith tells us right now divine revelation that Jesus Christ stands right now at the highest pinnacle of heavenly glory next to his father in heaven acknowledged by angels adored by saints and feared by devils as the living Lord and in some mysterious way he is here on earth in every single Catholic church in these golden tabernacles that we call the blessed sacrament yes this baby from Bethlehem became the Christ on Calvary He's now become the Lord of the empty tomb. His story, his story has been told to more people in more languages, in more cultures than any other story in history. Jesus Christ has changed the world as none other before or since. And his message is more compelling today. And guess what? There is not one square inch on planet earth that Jesus Christ does not point to and say, mine, all mine. And there is not one marriage or family or town or city that Christ did not bleed to merit as his own. Jesus points to all of us, our children, our homes, and he says, mine, all mine. Remember, Catholics, 
as Catholic Christians, we need to set our face like flint against this culture of death, against this unbelieving world, and feel the fire in our face, and be not afraid, for our God is a mighty king. Job chapter 9, verse 25, the Bible says, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and in the last day I shall rise out of the earth, and I shall be clothed again with my skin, and in my flesh I shall see my God. Amen. Brothers and sisters in Christ, keep your faith. The best is yet to come. One day when Jesus comes back, whether you're dead or you're alive here on earth, you will scream if you're in a state of grace. You'll raise your hands in the air and you're going to say, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty, I'm free at last. Well said, Jesse. Sign me up. We're ambassadors for Christ. And one of the things I want to recommend here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio, we have conferences to, to help you get fired up about your faith and meet new people who you don't know before. And they're like, I, they think like me. They're in love with Jesus Christ. So one of the ones I'm going to tell you about is Bishop Joseph Strickland in Tyler, Texas, defending our faith conference in Texas. I'll be there. Obviously, Bishop Strickland will be there. Janet Smith will be there. We've got an exorcist that's going to be there. We're going to have over 2,100 people we have space for, for people to come. The way you can register and meet thousands of fellow Catholics supporting Bishop Strickland, I might add, go to vmpr.org and sign up for $60. you got Friday night and all day Saturday to have fall deep in love with Jesus Christ. What Jesse was just saying, I'm holding this crucifix while he's speaking. Why? Because that's who we worship. Yes. And when you have scandal in the church that we have right now, stay focused. We've said it before. The Eucharist, Blessed Mother. You know, uh, Jesus Christ is king of the whole universe. We can participate in his kingship by offering our prayers and our sacrifices for the conversion of sinners. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray a rosary every day. Go to Mass as often as possible. Read the daily Mass readings. Add fasting and penance into your spiritual life and go to confession at least once a month. Become holy or die trying. Amen. And as Jesse was saying, the kingship of Christ, Our Lady at Fatima talked about that souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. We can participate in the salvific work of Jesus Christ. How? By uniting our sufferings with him to help redeem the world. First Colossians, I fill up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ for the good of the church. Sign me up, Jess. I want to be an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Let's get the faith out to the world that is in desperate need of Jesus Christ. And thank you, our listener, who's been supporting us. Because what we just said today comes from our heart. We know at the end we win. God Amen. bless you. And we're back.